0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: No, this is, this is how I felt for weeks. So obviously it's fine.
2: Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I'm Heather B. Armstrong.
0: And I'm John R. Bray.
2: This week, we wanted to talk about something that I have written extensively about on my website, Deuce. Probably the one topic that um, is responsible for the majority of the success that I had with my website, and that is mental health and depression, and anxiety. And in this context, um, we want to talk about it as it pertains to parenting in general, and then especially what it means in terms of parenting alone when there isn't someone to turn to or lean on when um, feelings of hopelessness and despair can become overwhelming.
0: Right. Right. Yeah, kind of how right. we face that, and I mean, you've like you said, you've written extensively about it. Um, I obviously have not, but it became a pretty prominent part of 2015 for me, and I think it's worth discussing. And we've gotten dozens of emails, probably, with people mentioning this, uh, and the added challenge that that mental health adds to you know, parenting in general, but single parenting specifically and and how that really changes the dynamic.
2: Yes, it does change the dynamic. Single parenting, what it does is it shows you just the depths of what you can call upon in your own strength that you didn't know existed. And especially if you suffer from depression or anxiety, knowing that you can do this is, um, it's it's interesting. <laughs>
0: what? Well, I think though I mean the depth that you can pull from it's one thing to have you know wants and needs and have to put those aside right for your for your kids but to have something that's a that's a very real struggle, something that's beyond oh, I really wish I could go out to dinner but I can't and having to work through that is a totally different ball of wax
2: it is it's it's not oh my gosh i wish i could go hang out with my friends but i can't it's i don't know why i'm feeling so horrible about life right now but i really can't indulge and i I hate using that word because nobody wants to feel that way you just feel that way and it's sort of like how do i ignore that emotion emotion and feeling and complete like that That shroud of darkness, how do I move past that so that I can do what I need to do for my kids?
0: Yeah, and it's not even so much, I guess at least in my perspective it's not so much ignoring it it's because that's no good either right to to just ignore it you have to work no. through it, but that takes time
2: it takes time and it's frustrating and it's it's uh, exhausting and 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 that's part of the struggle too is that, that so many people who suffer from depression and anxiety and it's like you know, I'm doing everything I possibly can and I still feel this way. I just, you know, what else am I supposed to do? And that feeling of being defeated and of of like everything I'm doing is useless and putting that aside and still being a good example for your kid and still being able to cook meals and doing laundry and yeah.
0: Just trying to act. I hate the word normal, but I think it's applicable here in some ways. Trying to... Even though you're kind of crumbling on the inside, not letting that dictate your day to day, which is especially challenging when something like a divorce or separation is in process. Yes. When you add that on top. I mean, my, my perspective with Lexton was always I wasn't trying to hide any of the emotion from him necessarily, but I also wasn't going to unleash all of it because he doesn't need that amount of emotional burden at, you know. 12. Right. I didn't really need it at, at 31. So I figure at, at 12. It was a little bit excessive.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's it, I don't think that we can fully protect our kids from the harsh emotion that we feel when you when we go through a separation and divorce. I don't think you can fully protect a child from that.
0: And you shouldn't. I don't think. No. Because they are ultimately a part of it. And I think sometimes when they're young, you know, they're experiencing it in the same way, but they don't they really don't know how to process it and don't know what they what they can or should feel. I, you know, sometimes I wonder if that's where they're stuck. Yeah. You know, they feel really sad or or maybe they feel, you know, depressed, but they feel like they shouldn't. Or they don't really know how to explain it, so they really try to push it aside and bottle it up and that's no good.
2: And if, and if we show them and give words to those feelings, then it then they can have words for those feelings and they can have space for those feelings.
0: Exactly. Is this something that you've been fairly open with your girls about in terms of you know how yeah. how you're feeling and why and what that what that looks like from the from the medical perspective and just in your life
2: there's several phases of this i'll I'll first start with my mom i remember my mom's eyes being very swollen from her crying at night and um i would get up in the morning and i would see her face and i i would know that she had been crying and i would ask her what was wrong and she would say nothing everything's fine and I think it was—I think she was just trying to protect me, because I was the one who took—I—I I was the child who really suffered the most. I think when my parents divorced, and I think she was just like—is—is is, you know, if I cry at night, and she she may see the swollen eyes, but she doesn't have to know that I was crying. Um, and but I knew something was wrong. I mean, I knew, I knew, I knew something was wrong, and I was still trying to process everything. And so what I did to compensate for her not telling me what was wrong and how she was feeling was, like, I'm going to make my mom happy by getting straight A's and doing everything perfectly, which I did. Like, that's that was me as a kid. I was the most, I was the, the you know, the teacher's pet. I got straight A's, was the valedictorian in high school. Like, I continued that through college, even. <laughs>
0: but that's a hell i mean it's it's obviously pressure you put on yourself but that's a hell of a lot of pressure to take on
2: right and it was it was a it was self-inflicted but it was my co- it was like my coping mechanism was like okay well here's how i'm going to control this is i'm going to get straight A's and that way my mom will be happy because somewhere i knew she was sad and so with my kids you know it was sort of the same thing. I would do a lot of crying at night and wake up with my eyes almost swollen shut, and my kids would you know Le- Lita would be you know, are you okay and I would say, "You know, I'm really, really sad, I'm sad, and this is really this is hard, and I know it's hard for you and and if you're sad, I completely understand and I tried to put i tried to show her that it was okay to be experiencing any emotions because there's no way that I was going to be able to hide my swollen eyes, and there was no way. To prevent myself from crying.
0: And <laughs> There's no way you should try to hide the emotion, not all of it at least. Right. Yeah, that would, I think there were times when Lexton would notice that just, you know, my body language, my behavior was really off. And he would ask if everything was okay. And I tried to give him the answer, you know, to, depending on the day that, you know, that I, that I maybe wasn't okay right then, but I would be. But that sometimes you don't feel okay. And, and it's okay to not feel okay, mm-hmm. which is, I think, a weird concept, but I I know that every time that would happen, I could see him try to do things that he knew were things I liked. You know, he would, he would see that I was feeling that way and he'd go pick up his room and just Mm -hmm. randomly something that I would normally have to ask him 15 times to do. He would go do it. And then he would tell me he did it. And I would feel really bad because that wasn't, uh, you know, it wasn't the goal, but that was sort of how he responded.
2: Uh, Yeah. And I, I may be wrong in calling that a coping mechanism and maybe something that he wanted to give to you to be like, my dad's sad and my dad's going through a rough time and maybe this will help him.
0: It could have been, you know, and I I wonder, I mean, like you mentioned, you're going to get straight A's. And I think, you know, I guess I was sort of stuck between wondering is, is he doing that to try and make me feel better because he sees that I'm sad or is he doing it because he feels that he's part of that sadness? So he needs to fix it which would not be okay. Mm -hmm. But that, you know, and that's just, that goes back to, you know, what I know we've said before is that we would just always say that it doesn't have anything to do with you. It's not your fault. None of this is your fault. But I, I've always wondered that if he felt responsible so that if he did something different, he could fix it, which would be horrible.
2: You know, it's, it's a fine line. I mean, we're always going to, there's always going to be missteps in situations like this. And, there's I have done so much apologizing to my kids, um, you know, for either breaking down and crying because I can't handle, you know, the emotion is so overwhelming that I break down crying in front of them, which I hate doing um, because both of my kids are very, very sensitive to that. So I'm I try to be very careful. And again, usually when that happens, it's I'm just really like I usually and I do and, and I'm honest about it. It's like I I'm tired. Not only not only my sort of like processing really some really rough emotions, but I'm tired. I'm overworked. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of pressure. And I'll explain those things that they all combine to sort of you know it makes it so that I can't that that tears come very 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 quickly. And that that mitigates it a little bit.
0: But there's still unknown. I mean, they want a reason, right? Like a A concrete reason. reason. Like, this is what happened. I hit my arm and I'm crying. Mm -hmm. You can't explain that. You can't explain these sort of feelings with one concrete reason. It might have a catalyst. Yeah. But it's always a combination of things.
2: It is always a combination of things. And, you know, my history with mental health is pretty well known because of what I've written. And I suffered from depression before I got pregnant and then went off medication to become pregnant, and then the postpartum after Lita was born um, landed me in the hospital. I didn't want to write about it because, well, I did want to write about it. I wrote about sort of the unraveling that was going on in those first six months of her life. But I was really scared to because I was like, I'm going to be written off as that crazy lady. And then I knew that I was headed down a path of like, if I don't go to the hospital, then I'm not going to survive this and it was like how do i do this without anybody finding out that i'm going to the hospital um so i i i got so desperate I, there was one day when john left for work um jex when jex left for work there we go john without the h he left for work and i looked at him and i said if you leave for work i'm not going to be here when you get back like i'm i'm done you got to take me to the hospital and i i wrote about it i wrote s- some notes while i was in the hospital and he came home and wrote them on my website and that was actually what propelled my website into the career that it became was my honesty about that whole experience like my readership like tripled that day and honestly I thought I thought people were gonna leave in droves because it's like I don't want to be reading the blog of the crazy woman when instead it was you know I became known for being outspoken about this issue about how this is very common and we need to talk about it and we need to help each other feel less alone and so I, so so for years i wrote about that and we talked about this how i sort of i wrote about my marriage in a certain way as so as to put the nail on my coffin when I, when the divorce happened right um well all of the writing that i did about mental illness i mean there was there were there was a crowd of people when we announced that we were separating and divorcing, there was a huge crowd of people that were screaming about how don't ever leave your children alone with that crazy woman. Don't ever leave, you know, John, don't ever leave your children alone with that crazy person. And so it got completely used against me in that instance.
0: Which I think, you know, I mean, your your readership triples, right? And you know that some of those people are those people, that she's the crazy lady, mm-hmm. but I'm going to read it anyway because I'm going to get <laughs> angry with her craziness because... Some people have that kind of free time, I guess. But I think the vast majority of that increase was from people who probably were starting to read these posts and think, thank God there's somebody who's talking about the shit that I'm going through. Yes. Because I didn't think I could talk about it. But now that she is, I feel like I have a place where I can, even if no one commented or said anything, but a place where they can just read and feel like they're not alone.
2: Oh, yeah. That was a huge community rose up around it. and people. Just loved. Those were the posts that that I wrote that people responded to the most. You know, me talking about, you know, I'm like, I struggle. It's a it's a constant struggle. I'll always be on medication, and um, there's highs and lows, and there's always there's good and bad days. And I recognize that this is I have a this is a health issue, like any other health issue, that I stay on top of.
0: And you sort of demystified it. I mean, you demystified it, and you put some humor. Around something that I think for a lot of people had been nothing but dark. Yes, I mean it. Ha- I mean, and in, in, in a sense, you know, this this podcast alone, you know, MRS in general has done a similar thing. Or I think that's our hope, at least, for single parenting because a lot of people go through a lot of the same struggles, but there really wasn't a huge conversation around it. Mm-hmm. But you develop you you took something that was a very individual experience and made it a community experience.
2: Yeah, I mean. People don't realize or don't remember that even like in, you know, 2000, 2001, talking about depression is not at all what it's like to talk about depression now. I I remember dating in Los Angeles and like, when do I bring up the fact that I am on an antidepressant? When do I bring that up with someone? Is it on the fourth date? Is it on the the 17th date? Like, when do I bring that up? Like, because that could be a deal breaker. Yeah. The way we talk about mental health now is so different. It changed that quickly, and I mean so many more of us are are being open about it, which I think is really, really important for the sake of our our kids i mean especially like Lita has shown signs of um she's my kid I'll just say that i mean she has her temperament is um a combination of of me and John, but you know she has my DNA, and it's really important to have be open with her about what she's feeling. And if she's feeling like she's being like an obstacle is in her way that she can't get over, you know, (laughs) Yeah, that's a, (laughs) wow. Have I ever struggled with that in my life?
0: Yeah. You totally understand it. And I think, I think it would be easy for some of those same people who thought of you as the crazy lady to say, well, you did that to her. Because you struggled with it, now she's going to, right? Like somehow send the blame as an argument that we shouldn't really put this on our kids. You know, that you yeah. should kind of keep it hidden. And, and there's a part of me that I, I do understand the logic there. Like it, it sort of makes sense because like we were saying, you don't want to dump all of this on a kid. But at the same time, you need to let them know that A, that they're not alone and B, that it's, it's okay to feel that way. And it's okay to tell me that you feel that way and it's okay to need help yes. and ask for help.
2: I think it's a, for me, it's a matter of being vigilant and I'll explain that. So my, um, my great grandmother died in a hospital, a hospital. They, she would have, a, she had what, how many kids, 10 or 12 kids Wow! and she basically had she basically lived with postpartum depression for a good 35 years of her life. She would have a kid and they would send her away to the hospital because she would have severe postpartum depression. But at the time, they didn't know what it was. She was just crazy. And she died in the hospital. And um, my mom has um eight brothers and sisters. And I believe like seven of them are diagnosed with anxiety. Either bipolar disorder or depression or anxiety, and um, my mom my mom escaped that, of course, the iPhone world sales leader. Um, but <laughs> but both my brother and I suffer. My sister escaped it, and in and, and me and my brother, um, we had to fight. We didn't have to fight my mom because my mom had seen this in her brothers and sisters, and she knew the signs. But in college, like I came to my parents and I said, "I'm going to drop out of college because I, um, I don't, I, I can't cope. I can't do this. I'm dropping out of college and see, send, send me, send me a, a, you know, a flight, mom and dad. I'm coming home from BYU." And my dad didn't want to believe that something was wrong with me. He's just like, "You just get. This is just something that you get over." So. My brother and I, and then especially with my brother, oh my gosh, this is how the story goes with my brother. I'll tell you this story really quickly. I know I'm talking a lot, but no. I know a lot about this issue. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm yeah, that that's crazy fine. lady from the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, my brother, it was my brother's wife. His wife was pregnant with their first kid, and it was her birthday, and it was snowing outside. We were at the Olive Garden in Provo, Utah, having a birthday celebration, and my cousin was there as well. And my brother, was in a mood I don't know if you've ever been around somebody like this. His mood was permeating the entire table, like no one was speaking to each other, and he was basically growling and he was screaming at the waiter and he was just really, really, really upset and we didn't we didn't know why and this I had seen him behave like this in the, the months leading up to this birthday dinner, and then he said some really snarky comments to my cousin who Said to me later, he's like, "I never want to see your brother ever again for the rest of my life." If he's going to talk to me that way,
0: oh, really, snarky like that? Really that's a pretty pretty bad comments. Okay,
2: like growl. He, he was growling as he was saying it. Wow. And for some reason, like they, I dropped them off at their house, and they needed my car, so they needed someone needed to take me to my house. Okay, so his wife is pregnant, and it's her birthday, and it's snowing outside, and he looks at her and he says, "Can you do it?" <laughs> and i said oh no 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 no! actually you are going to be taking me home is what's going to happen and he like grumbles and he grabs the keys and he drives me to my my apartment and i said can i say something to you and he's like what and i said um if you aren't depressed then you're just the world's biggest asshole (laughs) and he's he started bawling wow and he was like is that what's wrong with me And I said, do do you feel like something's wrong with you? He's like, Heather, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what this feeling is. I can't get this feeling to stop. He's like, I feel like, I feel like there's like, it's just complete and utter darkness and I can't get out of it. And I was like, Ranger, Ranger is his name. Ranger, you're depressed. We had to, my dad did not want to believe that something was wrong with his son. Now he let me go and get on an antidepressant, but letting his son get on an antidepressant was a big, big, huge battle with my dad.
0: So he had already—I don't want to say accepted it, but sort of accepted it with you—and then had to go over this hurdle all over again. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Wow.
2: And I tell you this: they put my brother on um, a really huge dose of Zoloft, and within a week, my brother was a different person, completely transformed. Interesting. And w- so, so when I say vigilant about my kids. Like, my mom and I have had this discussion um, quite a bit. Like, we see, we know what the signs are of someone feeling despondent, despondent and, and experiencing despair. And we see these signs. So, like, I think three of my sister's kids have been diagnosed with depression. And my mom feels like she's been given, like, my brother and I gave her a gift to, to like, see, okay, these were the signs when they started to go, when they started to go into the hole. And now we can see it in the grandchildren. Like, okay, if if they are having this type of problem, let's examine all of the facets that could be going wrong.
0: And that sort of insight lets you do that before they're wanting to drop out of college. Yes. Or before they have their first kid, which is huge.
2: Before they're sitting in a driveway and their sister's calling them an asshole. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I didn't cuss. I was at BYU. I did not use that word. And I just was just like, dude... You are a rotten human being right now, and if you are not depressed, then, man, God help you. <laughs> you asshole. <laughs>
0: Way wait, wait to keep it clean. <laughs> wow. It
2: was just a forecast what? of what was to come.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think when looking at it from the perspective of parenting, you know, there's there's obviously the the parents that live with a mental you know, mental health issue. And then there's maybe their significant other who who doesn't have one but lives with them, right? I mean, that happens right. a lot. And I think in some cases, it's easy to look at a failed relationship and blame the person with a mental health issue because clearly that was it.
2: Clearly that was it.
0: Because that must be the catalyst. And it just so happens that there there are people that feel that way that also need to share those feelings with us and it's it's been a comment I I know you know you avoid the comment section but when it's an email you don't really know until it's too late and we got this particular email several weeks back and I think I drafted I don't know six responses to it and deleted them and have still not responded and didn't really tell you about this until just before we started recording here but yeah Basically, uh, we got a very long email. Tell, tell them how it
2: starts. Tell them how how the email starts.
0: Yeah, this is what makes it. I'll read just the the intro snippet and then sum up the rest of the email. But it starts with, I've been listening to your podcast since it began. In full disclosure, I have no children and have never been married. Heather and I are the same age, per Wikipedia. I am sure that makes me a unique listener. I have always enjoyed Deuce's online persona and sharp wit. So, This is someone who's familiar with Deuce.com. And Deuce.com is a place that is no stranger to discussing mental health issues.
2: Right. And and I'll say this, is that a lot of times when I'm reading email or comments and it begins with, I love your website and I've been a huge fan for years. And then it's like, oh, no, 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 no. This is going to go south really quick.
0: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And coincidentally, (laughs) that is the case here. Because... Basically, the view here, this person is marrying someone who has, I believe, two kids. It's quite a long email, and I'm trying to scroll through it as I talk here. But she's marrying someone who has kids, and he does not live in the same state as his kids. And her argument, her, her answer, we asked several episodes ago why someone would want to leave their children. Uh, go, and, you know, out of state, tra- go away, move away and leave their kids. Heather, I think you asked that question.
2: I said I I didn't, I couldn't wrap my head around someone doing that.
0: Right. Why, why they would do that. And this listener's perspective is that they do that because in a nutshell, women have more mental health issues than men. And often those women make it too difficult for the men to see their kids. So they leave because they don't have any other choice. Hmm. And yeah, Uh, I mean, there's, there's more to it than that. And there's a handful of i will just call them less than accurate statistics <laughs> on mental illness and as as a father i would just like to call bullshit on that because thank you i'm not i'm not saying that it that it doesn't happen or that in the case of the the man that she's going to marry that that maybe wasn't the case because i don't know that specific situation but you you can't Take one example and apply it to every possible situation. That is so frustrating across the board with everything.
2: Blame the blame the woman that would in that instance, right? Exactly. It was it was the woman's fault. Exactly. And the email email is a woman,
0: is from a woman. So it's an interesting kind of dynamic in all of this. And again, you know, maybe in, in the case of her fiance, maybe that maybe there were some very serious issues that maybe went undiagnosed, or whatever, you know. And we don't have that situation, so I would definitely never make a guess like that at his situation. But to say that that's what happened to him, so that's what happens often. I uh, that seems like a pretty significant stretch to me.
2: In 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 my defense, John and I had fifty fifty custody, and he exercised his full 50.
0: Right, and, and, that, so. and then moved. I mean, I know in, in your situation, but I think that email was, I mean, it was definitely not directed at me, but it struck a chord with me. I mean, for someone to say that they're familiar with your website and then make this possible guess, right? it just felt of like- uh, Of course they're talking to me. <laughs> right. Here's what happened in your case.
2: Here's what happened. John left because you're crazy.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean- that. But it's such a strange – even if they were not familiar with your online persona, it's still a really bizarre – and maybe it was just the way that it was worded to say that, yeah, it's it's weird that some parents do that. I know in the situation of my fiancé, this is what happened. Yeah. That would have been totally different. But to say it across the board – and she mentions in there – I think that mental health was the primary thing, but um, it was also that courts tend to favor the moms – that tends to be, you know, what happens. And I don't have the statistics on that. I know that I've heard people say that before. Uh, so I won't, I won't go either way on it. But personally, I feel like even if you assume that to be true and the courts do favor the mom, it's really not a reason to move across the country. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But I bring this up because that, that email, you know, like I said, we've gotten several emails from people. And we've, we've talked about them, um, I, don't, I don't think we've talked about them in, in previous episodes, but we've talked about them together. And then this email is sort of like the, the icing on the cake that made me think that, <laughs> you know, this really needs a discussion because there's obviously still a good amount of misunderstanding about, you know, mental health, but how that impacts parenting post-separation. Mm-hmm. Because obviously it's the reason that people separate and the reason that they don't parent. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today.
2: John and I had an understanding when we were married um, that I would be vigilant about noticing signs of mental health issues and then he would be vigilant about eye issues because his eyesight's um, pretty complicated and that was our understanding and um, and I have been and now I've taken on the whole eyesight thing as well in his absence so John and I were always uh, talking about how I felt and making sure that my medication was working just like you would if I just like we would have if I were you know um, diabetic when, when I'm making sure that I'm staying on top of you know my medication and and blood sugar levels, et cetera, et cetera. It's something that you know we were very open about.
0: Well, it was a team. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of what that's about.
2: And without that, without having the team, I mean, so this this is very this is very prescient. That's a word, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So running that marathon really put me in a big hole that I had been trying to climb out of
0: the the boston you're talking about? Yes, the Boston okay. Marathon.
2: And I think I just depleted something somewhere and I have it feels like I'm kind of like crawling up out of a grave and I'm trying to find air and I can't reach the top. And so I've been to the doctor and I've seen a nutritionist and the good news the good news is today I got a call. They went and checked my blood work for some additional things. Um, I have a severe, severe vitamin D deficiency, which gives me hope.
0: <laughs> that's good. that's good news.
2: <laughs> yeah, that gives me hope. Like I was, I was trembling as they were on the phone this morning. They were like, "So we did the additional blood work," and I was trembling, thinking, "Please don't say that it's all good." <laughs> Because I just, so it gave me a hope. They were like, here's what you need to do is you need to take this much of vitamin D for the next eight weeks and then you need to come back in and get tested again. And I went and I read the symptoms of vitamin D deficiency and one of them is fatigue and one of them is feeling very, 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 very blue and down.
0: Well, that helps explain some of it then. Yeah. I mean, was With with what you know, with your own history and your experiences, was this this whole like a similar feeling to what you felt in the past, or was this a new sensation? Does that make sense?
2: It was new because I'm alone. Okay, and I have to pull it together. You know, this is not. I can't go take a nap because I'm feeling completely overwhelmed by life and can't explain this feeling. I have to perform. Not only all of the parenting, but all of my work. And, um, it's you know, like, like you said, you can't, this is, I have to be able to function as a parent f- feeling this way, right. which complicates it a little bit.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, you want to be able to explore why you're feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And then if you come up with, I mean, let's look at the, the vitamin D deficiency. You know, if you start taking more vitamin D, you also, I feel like you have to sort of step back and be able to reflect on whether or not that's actually working. But when you don't necessarily have not not even time, but when you're trying to put on put on a show, essentially, for your kids, you don't really have the time to reflect on that. Mm -hmm. Right. You don't have or you don't you just don't have the mental capacity to do it because you don't want to involve them in that. Mm -hmm. But when there's someone else there to say, hey, you know, I need to pass the ball to you for a little bit. I think it's I don't I, I guess it's not easier. I don't think it's ever something that's easy, but.
2: No, it's not easy. And it's also sometimes you get, you understand this, you get caught up in the day to day and you're like, am I depressed or am I just tired? Oh, exactly. Am I feeling blue? Am I feeling blue or is it just because this day beat me down? Hmm. And really getting inside of that feeling takes some time and some concentration and some self reflection. And that can be hard to get.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I think as, as negative as this sounds, I mean, there's also those days where you're like, am I, am I depressed? No, this is this is, this is how I felt for weeks. So <laughs> obviously it's fine. You know, I'm functioning. Obviously it's
2: fine. I'm functioning. It's fine. Right. You just totally adjust fine.
0: to that new state, which is I, weird.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I recognize that this is not how I want to be feeling. Last year was a phenomenal year. I had a really, really, really good year last year. Um I felt like I had a lot of success. I had I was I was content with a lot of things. I felt happiness and, and lilt, a lilt in my step. I felt joy in a lot of things. And I know that this hole that I'm in is similar to ones that I've been in the past because that joy is gone. And it's like, okay, I need to take active steps to repair this because and I recognize that this isn't just me being frustrated with being overwhelmed. This is actually a a, a down period and what can i do to get out of it
0: well and i think i think combating that when you're on your own is is sort of one side of it but i think at least in my perspective because i didn't really struggle with mental health issues or at least i didn't recognize that struggle until you know my life started falling apart last year and that was when i went on some anti-anxiety medication and my biggest concern at the time was that You know, I didn't want Heather, hex, my ex, to find out that I was on it and then make an assumption that, oh, this isn't good. He's not fit to be a father Mm -hmm. or I don't trust him or anything. And and she'd never given me any reason to think that. But that was my number one concern. You know, so I tried to get by without it for a while just because I didn't want to deal with that. And it was finally my dad and I, I was talking to him and I said, you know, I feel like I should be able to deal with this on my own because that was my stubborn approach. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was really great about it. He said, maybe. He said, maybe you should be able to. He said, I, I don't know, and you don't know. But he said, the bottom line is you can't. And he said, if all you need is something to take the edge off and help you get a handle on it, then you need that.
2: That's, that's really good. That's really, really good.
0: It, it was just nice to hear someone else say, I mean, essentially say, it's nothing wrong, but you need the help.
2: And it's okay that you need the help.
0: Yes. It's okay to need. It's not a weakness. Right. I mean, I would have just gotten worse and worse without it, I think.
2: No, well, I think you would have. I, I, the texts during the, that period of time were very dark from you.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it, was, it was rough. And it, it was, I realized, you know, shortly after, it was what I needed. Um, but there was still, I didn't mention anything about it. To really anyone outside of my dad because I didn't want that information to spread and then become an issue. Mm-hmm. And that shouldn't – i really, that shouldn't be a concern, in my opinion. Like, in hindsight, that shouldn't have been a concern with me. I should have thought, well, if she finds out, then that's a positive because I'm paying attention and getting help. But that was not at all what my thought was.
2: It's a sign that, again, once again, that you're just, like, 10 years beyond your your actual age, like – that you are mature enough to admit this problem and to mature enough to go, you know what? I think I need some help here instead of trying to power through and say, no, 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 I can do this by myself. Right. Like it, it takes a, a level of maturity to accept that about yourself and to seek help.
0: Yeah. And I think that's, that's part of it. I think there's still though such a huge stigma about it. Oh yeah. I mean, it's an open discussion, but there's a lot of people who think it's a weakness. You know, you're, yeah, you're depressed. you, everyone gets sad. You should get over it. Like, well, yeah, but this is not that. It's different. <laughs> I mean, and it's it's something, you know, at the time, even when I was trying to talk to my therapist about the anxiety, like you can't really put it into words. It's just this feeling almost. I mean, like you've said, it's a pit. And I think that's a really good way to look at it. But it's kind of a hard feeling to to grasp. There's not There's not really anything tangible.
2: Yes, Th- that's exactly how to put it. There's nothing tangible other than like, it can take various forms, but a lot of times it takes the form of complete emptiness. It's like, how do you explain that to someone?
0: Right. And that's just, even when, when Lexton would ask, it's like, even if I wanted to, to unload it all, I wouldn't even know how to, how to explain it. And I definitely wouldn't know how to explain it for him because you have, I mean, you have to i not dumb it down, but you have to simplify it. But I couldn't even simplify it for myself. I just knew that something wasn't, it wasn't working with me trying to do it on my own.
2: And so you got help.
0: Yeah. And it did help. I mean, it was, I, I don't regret the decision at all. I'm not ashamed of the decision, but it was kind of at this point where I can try to do it alone while trying to parent alone and fail at both. Or I can, You know, try to get help for this while trying to parent alone, and and hopefully succeed at you know succeed at parenting because I'm successful in the other area. Mm -hmm. It just it felt like the two were so closely tied together because so much of single parenting is mental. I mean, it's it's like a constant voice, like keep going, keep going. (laughs) I mean, it's nonstop. I mean, we'll even text periodically through the day, like still breathing. I am, but just barely.
2: I made it to dinner. Let's see if I make it any further. Exactly.
0: Exactly. I mean, I hit 5 o'clock. I'm like, wow. Wow. I'm still here. That's great.
2: I'm being very careful. I'll just say that talking about this anymore. Because um, talking about my mental health and talking about feelings of feeling down and feeling in a hole. I mean, there are people who feel very strongly that a mother should not be this way.
0: I was going to comment that I think just by my very nature I have it much easier because I'm a dad so now that I got help, oh, he took care of himself. Isn't that (laughs) cute? Doesn't that just make him appealing as a father? But when, when you're a mom, you're you're automatically like ten notches down for doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, they look and they say you should you should be perfect. And I I know that we've talked about this before, but they look at it at a dad and say, "Well, you're so far from perfect that that one little step you took makes you incredible."
2: Well, they trot out all the stories of the the mom drowning her children or the mom driving the car into the river and they tried out all these stories about the mom had the mom was mentally ill don't leave your children alone with a mentally ill mom and it's like
0: <laughs> well i mean and that that is a totally separate i mean it goes it goes back to the email like yes there are examples where that was a bad decision where something didn't go right but that doesn't mean that Every single time it's bad, right I mean yeah, you've got the the mom that drowns her kids, and you have how many mass shootings in America that are done by men it doesn't <laughs> i mean you you can't throw a blanket over it no, you know and i I don't have the statistics on all of those horrible news stories you know about postpartum depression, but I'm sure that all of them maybe didn't get the treatment they needed or didn't have the support that they needed it's not just. She was depressed. Blame the depression. Depressed moms are dangerous. It's, it's oversimplification.
2: But I think you're right. Like, you're going to get more credit for recognizing that there was a problem and getting help than I will for... And I don't expect credit for this at all. This is something that I have to do in order to... Because I know that this is a part of my health. And, like, I pay a shit ton of money for my insurance. Shit ton. And it does not cover... um Are you laughing at me?
0: (laughs) I I was for shit ton.
2: (laughs) Okay. So, and my psychiatrist is not covered by my insurance and I'm not changing my psychiatrist. He's the best in the country. He only sees, I think, eight patients anymore. Oh, wow. And I'm one of them. um, And he is expensive. And I see him on the regular because I make sure that my meds are in order and we have a very... Uh, we have a great rapport and it's like, okay, so not only am I paying the insurance premiums, I'm also paying a good $275 an hour to basically go in and have him look at my medication, ask me how I'm feeling, make any adjustments. And that is, you know, that's something I have to do on the regular, on on the regular, on the Um, reg, on the reg. Well,
0: and part of it is probably the, the mental component that you know, you know that he's good. You know that he understands you. So just that peace of mind you get going there and meeting with him and having him look at what you're taking and just that alone provides some sort of mental stability, I would guess.
2: Oh yeah. And his advice really was, he's like, I think your meds are good. He's like, I, you know, this marathon, he's like, go, go get some blood work done, go have your thyroid checked. Um, and that's what I did. Um, and yeah, i just, I'm going to spend the time that my children are away, uh, getting my, getting myself back to where I was before I started running more than four miles at a time.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Right. But I mean, like you said, it's not, this isn't happening for recognition. It's not like you go and see him because you want a pat on the back from someone. It's not, you know, I didn't, decide to get on anti-anxiety medication because I wanted to be congratulated it was because I needed to survive like I felt like I needed to get a handle on things so that I could move forward for myself and for Lexton like I needed to be able to do both I mean in my case especially because this all hit during such a tumultuous period if I was the stability and I was falling apart like that that's not Mm -hmm. that doesn't work I mean that no. would just have that would have led to so many much bigger issues that I think we avoided.
2: I think too, and I'm gonna I'll tear up God, I tear up so much. <laughs> <laughs> but you and I and I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm sure that you felt this way too. There's this huge misconception from for those for people who don't suffer from depression or anxiety, there's a huge misconception about it. Like there's we don't wanna feel this way we we really really don't want to feel like this like and our attempts to feel better and our attempts to get help are because we we really don't want to wallow and we don't want to play victim and we don't want to be down and we don't want to struggle to get through the day we don't like feeling this way this is not something that we sought out or enjoy we want this to change and i think that's a huge when people are just like come on you know there's nothing wrong in your life why are you doing this just get over it it's like i know
0: (laughs) right like like when you when you think about it logistically you're like yeah I, i get that i would love to get over it it's not like you want to sit around and talking talk about being sad like that that is not fun
2: when you look at it logistically it makes it even worse cuz you're like logistically I shouldn't be feeling this way. Right. And I do.
0: Right. Yeah, and then you can't explain it and it's just it, it creates like a whole new mental it's a mind fuck. That's what it is. Because mm-hmm. you know that what everyone says like just get over it stop stop feeling that way. You're like, "Yeah, I know, I know, but I can't." And I don't know how to tell you why I can't. There's no answer. But I, no answer. if if there's someone out there that's that's doing that just, just to talk about it, just for the attention, like find a a hobby. I mean, it's, (laughs) it's not fun. There's, there's gotta be like a million other things that you can do that are more exciting and beneficial to your life.
2: Depression is not a hobby.
0: No, I've never met anyone who was like, oh man, this is great. Let's talk about being depressed. So fun. Depression is not a hobby. Yeah. See?
2: Oh, I love waking up feeling this way. I love waking up with, like, <laughs> my hands are, like, clenched, and I can't unclench them. That is super fun. Right,
0: every day. Oh, here I am at the bottom of the pit. Yes. <laughs> but it, it's hard, and we get up every day, and even on the days that aren't great, you you do it.
2: You do it, and you you realize, wait a minute, maybe I could be an Oscar-winning actress for what I just pulled <laughs> off in front of my kids. Yeah. I could.
0: Every day. <laughs> day after day after day with just feeding them little bits so that you don't lie, but you're not unloading
2: Mm -hmm.
0: and because you don't really know how to explain it, you know, but like I said, I always go back to, yeah, I am sad or I don't feel great, but I will. Some days are just like this days, weeks, months, years, you know. Just... I think next
2: time, next time I cry in front of my kids and I'm just going to be like,
0: Mom has a vitamin D deficiency. That's why I'm crying. Go look it up on Wikipedia.
2: I need more sun.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly. Get out there. You should tan. You need to go get tan.
2: <laughs> yes, because my skin cancer would, would really benefit from that.
0: Well, you, you you can't have the best of both worlds, okay? <laughs> you got to pick.
2: Vitamin D comes in pill form. It's just another pill that I've got to take. There you go. In my rub, in my giant bag of pills. At, oh add gosh. it to the mix.
0: One handful a day. But I, I definitely I think, you know, we've we've received a lot of emails like we've said from people who who either do struggle with depression or anxiety and know it, or people who think that they do or think that they did, um, and have never really been able to put it into words. Um, and hopefully we've responded to, to all of those. But if, if you're still battling something, you know, or struggling with your own mental health while also trying to to parent your kids and, and raise them to be as mentally healthy as possible, you, we would definitely love to hear, you know what, what your approach is and how you hide and or share those emotions that you're going through in a child appropriate way.
2: How do you talk to your kids about what you're feeling?
0: While also letting them know that, yes, that was what I was going to say, letting them know that they need to talk about how they feel and that there's no shame in that. Uh, So if you'd like to share those stories with us, um, anonymously or otherwise, you can email us at stories at manicramblings.com and you can also find us on social media, at manic ramblings on Twitter Facebook and Instagram and until next
2: time know that you are not alone many thanks to tan lines for the soundtrack to Lisa Congdon for the cover art and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff.